A call to transformation, and not just any transformation, and not just transformation for transformation's sake. We're looking at how we are transformed and to what end. Next, on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, online at reformedheritage.org, welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Gary Wagner is back in chapter 12 of Romans once again, as we are focusing our attention on what it means to be transformed, what that looks like, practically speaking, and to what end. Transformed by the Word, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner. And today's Abounding Grace. We live in an age that craves change. But by and large, the change men crave is purely external. Because unbelievers don't recognize that the problem is in here. And as Christians, we forget that. We forget, I'm the world. The world is not other people that live down the street from me. It is me. It is my sinful thought patterns and my anger and my bitterness, my screaming, my frustration, my fear, my lust, my pride, my lies, my selfishness. That's the world's spirit, and I alone can't get it out of me. I can dress up the externals and pretend, but I can't deal with the root There is only one who can, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ by His Spirit. So we are commanded to seek this transformation from Him. So don't think of change primarily in terms of external things. That is what we have fallen into. You know, I'll feel better if I could just win the lottery, if my husband would buy me a new wardrobe or if I had a facelift or a tummy tuck or just some colorful tattoos. Is this going to help a sin-depressed soul get better? That would be like a man in his last will writing a provisio that every year I want a new tombstone. I want it freshened up. Well, okay. But it's not as if I will be bound to that request because that is merely your pure vanity. And we all know that you're underneath in a tomb, under that tombstone, rotting and decaying. But that is even the way we think as Christians. If I could just change something on the outside, how I look, be friendlier, be better looking, have more money, do this, do that, my children finally doing what I want them to do. No, all of this is peripheral. We're not to be conformed to the world's definition of change. We need dynamic change. We need radical change on a consistent basis. And only the Lord can do that in us. When we pray, and I hope you will, Lord, help me to not be conformed to this world. Please transform me. I know it's my duty to be transformed. But since I can't do it on my own, only you can do it for me. So I look to you. Then please, please expect for the Lord to come and touch you in areas that maybe you don't want him to expose. Maybe he'll expose idols 
you don't want exposed. But we, we see we can't be trans or conformed to the world. The world says, I want outward change. But don't change me. Don't touch me. I can't talk like this. Don't tell me I can't rule my life. But for the Christian, when we think of change, we don't think primarily of who is reigning at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and we need a change there. When we think of change, we think, Lord, I need you to come in and smash my idols. I need you to bring your fire into my life. Lord Jesus, I need you to bring your winnowing fork. I need you to search me and to know me and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. So please, the next time you read Romans 12 too, which I hope you will do soon, and you come across the command, be transformed, I hope you will remember, now wait a minute, I need to be transformed, but I can't be. God has to do this work in me. Now I am responsible because it is a command to seek it from him. Then he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a very important means because the Lord does not transform us with lightning rods from the sky. We would like for our fixes to be like that. I'm just going to go in every day and I'll spend a dollar on a lottery ticket and maybe day 3,000, I will win the 10 millions or the 100 millions or whatever it may be and then everything will be fixed. It was painless for me, but everything has been fixed. All I did was go in and give a dollar which is just paper with coloring on it. Who, beloved, would ever thought this would happen but it has the Lord here says I use means to transform you I use means to bring about non-conformity I use means for you to become a living sacrifice I use means and one of the primary means not the only means but the one that comes out here is a renewed mind for you to think like Christians Basically, what the Lord here is telling us is that we need to have a mental thought transplant. Now, please understand, I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. It is the power of godly thinking. It is the power of godly thinking. God has made us in his image to hear his word, to think, as Van Til used to say, to think God's thoughts after him. We're not to try and have original thinking. We're supposed to think God's thoughts, apply them to our lives, extrapolate from them, extrapolate from them, and live by them. We see what happens when men separate their thinking from submission to God's word. Then we create nucleobloms and destroy untold millions. We create diseases and germs. We create a massive government that's out of control. And we come up with an untold amount of genders. Why? Because every area of life must be under God's thinking, not man's. Jesus was asked one time, 
what is the greatest commandment? And the first one he said was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and strength and mind. God is a speaking God. And he has created us to think his thoughts after him. To say what David said in Psalm 139, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. And he created us so that we would thrive as we meditate on his word and as we pray his word and as we adore his word, not as a devotional exercise, but as a way of life. Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 10.4, casting down every thought, imagination, that exalts itself against Christ and bringing every thought into captivity to his obedience That, beloved, is huge thoughts. It would have been much easier if he said, okay, if you want to serve me, never rob a bank. Well, okay, I can do that. If you want to serve me, never shoot anyone. Well, okay, I can do that. No, if you want to serve me, bring every one of your thoughts captive to my obedience And that doesn't mean to make us into cold logicians or moral policemen over everyone else. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They make us warm. They make us approachable. They make us attracted to others because God's word is what brought forth even the rose petal. God's voice, think of the thing you like the most. Is it the ocean? God's word brought that ocean forth. Do you like the mountains? Do you like those high hills that scripture calls the everlasting hills? God brought that forth. Do you love flowers with their beauty and variety and their intricacy and color? God brought that forth. It didn't evolve all the beauty, all the loveliness, everything that is good and noble. God brought that forth with his own word. He said to Adam, I want you to live by my word. Sure thing. I see this beautiful garden that you have made. It all came forth from your mind, from your voice. You spoke it into existence and by your word it is sustained There is nothing grander than thinking God's thoughts and loving God's words. This is a very different way of looking at it. From I'm going to meditate on God's word and I'm going to drive me inside and I'm going to make sure that everyone does what I know. That is a bad way to go about it. God's word makes things beautiful and living. Now granted... We sinned, but let's think. If we hadn't sinned, how would we have been living at this point? Well, we would have been free to live as we pleased. And everything we would have done would have been right. It would have been okay. Wrong. God came down and talked with Adam every day. Even if we had not sinned, God's word would be our guide and our joy, our peace, our fellowship. Because his word is life. We forget this. Everything solid in this world, the globe that we stand on, everything in the universe that we see, 
the stars that shine. Everything came from his voice, from his word, calling it all into existence. That is where it has all come from, everything. And everything is made of dust. And yet he made beauty out of everything that came from dust. So he says, if you want to live, you better have your ears open to my word. You need to have your mind renewed or made new. It's a beautiful word in Greek, made new, in a very dynamic and vivid way. Now, I want to tell you something about this process here. Notice the flow. Mercy, verse 1, a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed, be transformed by the renewing. Sometimes we want to extract one of these. I'm going to be the nonconformist, or I'm going to be the Jesus, Jesus, cross, cross, cross kind of Christian, or no, I'm going to memorize the whole Bible. You can't extract any of these ideas from the whole garment that God is weaving for us here. His work in our lives, mercy, what he has done for us in Christ, humbling us and making us then able and willing and desirous to devote ourselves to him. We want to be, we don't want to be like the world any longer. It's thought processes and passions and priorities. We want to now serve God. We want to be transformed so that we will look like him and bear his image. And how do we do this? By his word. I want to stress something to you. Paul was writing this to Christians. Let's say you get a diagnosis of a disease like your teeth are rotting. You're told to, you need to take this pill or do whatever, and it's going to take a while because of the infection. Let's say, say you take the medication for a week and you don't see any change. So you decide, I'm not going to take that medication any longer. Or let's say you've had something wrong for a really, really long time. So you go to the doctor and he puts you on a protocol and he says, it's going to take six months for this to heal. Or let's say you have something you will have to struggle with the rest of your life. You don't say after a day or two, Doc, that medicine you gave me is not working, so I'm not going. No. You realize, I'm a sick person. I've got serious issues I'll have for the rest of my life. I just need to stay on this medication. I may even at some level get used to having this illness and barely, barely be under control, even with the medication. But you know, it's funny, we don't apply that same lesson to being renewed and transformed and giving ourselves to God. This is important. We need to be meditating on God's word continuously, thanking God's thoughts after him. Have you done this? Because let me tell you something about yourself that you might not want to hear, but you're sick, and you've got a lifelong sickness, and you can't think to yourself, well, I tried to memorize scripture for 30 days. Doggone it. It didn't work. And the preacher said, if you were to do that, then you would. 
I've never myself told anyone they would be cured in 30 days. But if you want to live for 30 days and walk with God, you'll take that medication. If you want to live for six months or you want to live for 10 years, if you want to walk with the Lord, don't put the demand on him. Lord, unless you make my life like I think it should be, that is the only way I will get through this process of renewal. That is the only way I will submit to your fire in my life. And God will say, okay, no fire for you. Enjoy your sins. You may make it to heaven, but it's going to be with your backside blazing all the way like Paul talked about. There's not going to be much joy. And every time you hear the preacher talk about consecration and being conformed, it's just going to create more guilt and frustration. So you roam all over the place looking for someone or something that you think will make you feel better. When all along God says, no, listen, my children, I will do the transforming because my word shapes reality. So you be where I transform. You be in my word. You be meditating on it. You be thinking on it. You hide it in your heart so that you won't sin against me because what does my word do? Psalm 29. What does this word do when we give ourselves to it, to be renewed by it, to seek the transformation that comes through it? Well, here we just have a brief picture. Psalm 29.1. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty. Okay. The Lord says, give unto the Lord, O you mighty. Give unto the Lord the glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is filled with majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Those were reputed to be in the ancient world as the most beautiful, beautiful trees. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. And then verse 7. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the hinds to calf and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Now turn over to John chapter 5. So much of scripture and of God's work of grace in our lives is to bring us back to this place where we don't hide from God's voice, but we submit to it because we recognize that his word is our life. John five twenty two, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice 
of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Have you heard his voice? Because you're not a Christian if God has never called you by your name. If the Son of God has not called you out of your tomb, you cannot claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's what Jesus said. Yes, it's talking about the resurrection there, but it's also talking about spiritual life and new life in Christ. God's voice created this world, and we tried to destroy it by our rebellion, but God's voice brings it back, His Word, and particularly the living Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you as a way of life, not as a 30-day diet, but as a way of life to read prayerfully, to meditate on the Word of God as a way of life. What are you recognizing when you meditate on God's thoughts? Well, that's just such a crutch. Yeah, but you see, dust needs a crutch. We live in a world where if we want life as Christians... If we want transformation, if we want to be renewed, if we want the joy of the Lord to be our strength, like Nehemiah. If we want to, with Jesus, to be able to pray sincerely, Father, not my will, but yours be done. If we want the Christian life, if we want new life in Christ, we've got to go where the power is. And the power is in the voice of God. And he has given us his word. And he says with it, I want you to be renewed. I don't want you to think the old ways anymore. Beloved, if we're going to live lives that are pleasing and glorifying to God, if we're going to grow an understanding of what we are called by God to do in this world, if we are going to become more and more like Christ and to renew our minds and thank God's thoughts after him, then we must be in the word daily. I cannot emphasize this enough. I know you get tired of hearing it, but it's the only way you're going to grow, beloved. God says, I will transform you, but you've got to seek it from me and be renewed in your thinking. Oh, Lord, call me out of my tomb. I want to be with you and walk in the light as you walk in the light. Brethren, even as Christians... We need to be continuously transformed by the word of God and bring all areas of our life into submission to him for Christ's sake. Amen. Let us pray. Father, <clears throat> we pray that you would bring the blessings that we have seen here in these verses into our lives, that you would bring renewal, change, that you would help us to think clearly as Christians, to meditate on your thoughts. Oh, please deliver us from loving our own ways. Please forgive us from thinking what we want to think about you, about ourselves, or about life. Teach the world you are our only Savior. There's no one else who can save us from the wreck we have made of our lives because we have turned away from your thoughts. Renew us, Lord, so that we think your thoughts after you alone. For Jesus' sake, amen. 
And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408 866 5607 is our phone number. 408 866 5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.